You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Welcome everybody to the Live Different Podcast. I am your host, Matt Wilson, and today I'm here with my man, Brandon Epstein, making a reappearance on the Live Different Podcast. Brandon, I believe you were podcast number two, which is a, a big deal. We've cranked out about 34, 30, 30 35 episodes since then. Um, so that is a, uh, that's a really big deal. I would love, uh, we've been uh, actually chatting beforehand, trying to get our internet on point because I am calling from my place in Costa Rica where I live and uh, I am dialing you in Colombia. So we're trying to get things, uh, things set up. What's, what's going on, Brandon? The, the internet's great, isn't it? We're just halfway around the world, just chatting away here casually. I was just walking down the street in the cities of Medellin earlier, just just oh, I'm talking to my boy Matt. I think he's in Costa Rica right now. So I'm pretty happy, man. It's good to good to touch base with you. I like it. I like the uh, positive uh, voice that you have all about this because I got to say I was getting a little frustrated. A little peeved. A, li- a little you know, peeved over there. Not not even. You just have to pura vida <laughs> as the expression of all of all of Costa Rica. It must be. This Zen dude fitnessy thing you have going because uh, you don't let those little things bother you. No, you gotta flow like water, man. I told you I created a, a video for you earlier today, and then I just like deleted off my phone. I was like, oh well, you know, I'm just gonna have to do that again. But I think it's like a big part of the conversation we want to have today. It kind of centers around this concept of like just believing that everything that happens is for your best interest. So you just kind of chill out and you're like, okay, let's like, let's see what's going to come from this. I, I love it I, because so we're, we could just set the, set the scene. Uh, I'm trying to get things to work on my end on the internet. Part of the charm of living in Costa Rica is that things don't quite work the way they should. Everything's kind of ass backwards, but it's so beautiful here that nobody really cares. I mean, people do not know how to run businesses in a tight ship. You know, it's just like, it can be very frustrating. Or for example, I've been trying to recharge my 4G service so that we can have a backup connection. And I finally got to Movistar's website and went to recharge my phone. And I, uh, I have a monthly plan, which costs uh, Nueve Mil, uh, Nueve Mil Colones, so eight, about $18, right, for three gigs of 4G service. So I use that whenever the internet goes down. I can tether it to my phone, et cetera. It's no big deal. But I go to the freaking Movistar website, and the max you can recharge is 5,000 colones. So you can only put 10 bucks on your phone. So it doesn't make any sense. So this is literally what I've been trying to do before we spoke. And, uh, but everything's, everything's cool, man. If you can, if anybody else out there is listening and wants to ever uh, hone their Zen, Latin America is a good place to do that because you gotta have some patience. Yeah, man, you do sometimes. It's funny, here in Columbia, like internet's actually pretty damn on point but once in a while they'll be like oh yeah internet doesn't work today like that's happened a couple times and like no one like blinks an eye they're just like oh yeah it doesn't work today it's like oh all right cool cool but do we do we have some crazy internet but here like one of the hotels nearby is like four sometimes it's like 45 to 50 megabytes per second upload and it's like sometimes up to like 60 megabytes download 
And, you know, if you, for someone who makes videos all the time, that's just like a dream come true. Wow. Wow. That is, uh, I live in rural Costa Rica. So, uh, you know, here in the, here in the jungle, no, we don't, we don't quite have those technical capabilities, <laughs> but you know what the 4G, as long as your damn phone is, is charged up, it's all good. We're flowing. We're flowing. Exactly. So, exactly. So, yeah. so I wanted to ask you, we want to talk about sustainable happiness today. And, uh, but I want to know, do you have to sell all your stuff and make money online and move to a beautiful place like Medellin or Costa Rica to be happy? Hell no, man. <laughs> I mean, so there's two parts of this conversation, right? It's like the first part is like, okay, well, what is happiness? And the second part is like, okay, how do I align with whatever I perceive it to be? Because, um, you know, happiness is based off your perception and it's not something that is everlasting, you know, lasting, right? You don't like become a millionaire, like move to a beach and then just experience endless happiness forever. Like we all know the only reason that like, happiness just like kicks ass is because we have the contrast of sadness and anxiety and stress and anger and every other spectrum, you know, the whole spectrum of emotions, because just like, we don't know what the hot feels like unless we have the cold, like you need, you need the texture to know that you're having a happy experience. So I like to start the conversation there because I think we're sold by mainstream media that like some people have just like got into this place of happiness. They just turned it on and they're on like cruise control, right? Yeah. The, the cruise control is, uh, is an interesting topic, right? Because it's not like you wake up every day, as they say, on the right side of the bed, on the, that you just wake up every day and you feel great. I mean, I'm a pretty happy person, but there certainly have been plenty of days where I didn't feel so great um, or I've had a lot of anger in my life that I had to get past to be able to then feel at peace. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Without the yin, without the yin, there there is no yang, wouldn't you say? Got a yin and yang, man. <laughs> of course, and uh, and also, um, a lot of people think that their happiness is going to be based off of like external experiences, right? Like kind of what you pointed out earlier. Do you have to live in Costa Rica or Colombia to like you know have happy experiences? Because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about. Many, ha you know, if you have a majority of your experiences in life be happy, then like you're living a pretty happy life. And the truth is, like, you're constantly deciding by, you know, by looking at your world and saying, this makes me happy, like what your experience is. And so, for example, we all have this like blueprint of like what happiness is. And I think that a good example of this is like some, you know, some like famous pro athlete or celebrity that like you see living like this badass life you're like man they get to have all these like seemingly happy experiences and then maybe they fall off just a little bit and they're not quite on that level anymore well what they've done is they built like this massive blueprint of what happiness needs to be for them and when they're not living within that blueprint anymore they struggle and they go into like a depression they might turn to drugs they might turn to you know whatever substances to make them feel good again and the truth is, like, we're constantly the deciders of what that blueprint is. And so you could be like, yo, me being happy is just me waking up every day with, like, you know, and you know, this is going to be case specific because some people can't say this. But for me, I wake up and if I'm free, if I have freedom personally, like, I get to do basically what I want, 
and I have good health and like I'm happy. But for someone who's like in a job that they don't like right now, that they want to transition into, you know, more of maybe a nomad lifestyle, like right now, create a blueprint that says that you don't need freedom right now. And maybe that's something that you're, you're moving towards, but like, just understand that whatever blueprint you're creating in your mind, like if you're in that, you're going to be happy. If you're not in alignment with that, like you're not going to have a good experience. Okay. So are those the only two things in your blueprint right now or just to be healthy and to be free? Basically, man. And this is, this is the balancing act. Cause like, you know, I'm a human being who is trying to like accomplish other cool stuff as well. <laughs> and I have like, different um you know i have an idea of what you know what i want to create in the future so it's this balancing act like i said about the someone who wants to get out of a job um and experience freedom but wants to be happy now it's like i try to always keep in mind like yes i'm trying to create something that you know is off in the distant future but being you know happy with those two things that i have very grounded right now like i am free and i'm healthy and um, those, those are a couple of big things and I try to make them things that are like internally controlled. Right. And so like, I know I, you know, I have a fitness company, so I'm pretty good at controlling my health and I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at creating a life of freedom. Like I've designed this for myself, obviously, uh, you know, being here in Columbia and running my, my own company, um, but there's, you know, there's like this intertwining of like things that you yearn for, you know, like, oh, well, maybe right now I want to have like a little bit more like love in my life. And, you know, I think love is like the most amazing experience anyone could ever encounter. And that you and I were talking about this before we started recording. But, um, you know, I don't necessarily need like external love from, you know, another person to make my experience right now happy. Right. It's something that just adds to experience and makes it even more like fulfilling for me. That, that's really cool. Uh, I'm wondering if you don't mind sharing what uh, life was like for Brandon Epstein when you weren't living inside this, inside this list of, a very short list of values, maybe when you did have a full-time job or before I knew who Brandon was and then he has a kick-ass podcast and makes a lot of really cool YouTube videos and it helps a lot of people. You know, who, who was that? Per, were you behind a desk or could you take us back to the, uh, to the dark side? To the dark side. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, when I graduated from college, I actually tried to get a research position, um, studying neuroscience, sports psychology, something in the world of like human performance in the brain. Cause I thought that was really cool. I never got one. And so <laughs> I just started my own mobile app company. So I was never, I mean, behind a desk for an ex extended period of time. Like, you know, when I was in college, I had some jobs, but basically, man, when I, when I got out of college, I just went into like hustle mode of trying to create this freedom for, cause for some reason, you know, even when I was playing like college football, I always kind of wanted to do my own routine. I always have had this like yearning to be free in whatever I'm doing. And so, um, I think I've gotten, um, held down sometimes at times, even though like I've created like a world that was hundred percent created by me, by responsibilities I didn't want to do, like my first mobile app company. Well, I was like, I took on a ton of responsibilities of doing like analytics and all this shit that I really didn't like. And so that kind of restrained my freedom quite a bit because I had to do things to like pay the bills that I didn't really want to do that I wrote myself into. And so 
when I was like having those experiences, yeah, definitely. Like my blueprint back then was like freedom as well. So like, that's when I went into like slews of like not experiencing as much happiness. And for me, the turning point more than anything was just like, okay, how can I create this world where everything that determines how I feel is all like internal. So what I did was I create a blueprint of like, you know, the life that I wanted to live. And then I just said, okay, maybe all those things aren't quite here yet, but what is the identity that I could step into every day that aligns with that blueprint? So that's things like, okay, I know I'm going to be disciplined today. I'm going to be disciplined by like, you know, eating a certain way. I'm going to be getting a workout in every day. I'm going to like, you know, block off a certain amount of time to do work, to move towards my goals. And so for me, it was like stepping into identity that aligned with my blueprint because that's always in your control. A lot of people think that, you know, life is just happening to them. But the truth is, like, you can just decide to be whoever you want, and then you're back in control again. No, that that definitely makes sense. And, and so you've addressed the freedom side of things. Okay, so you kind of went off and did your, your own thing. But in my experience, if you're going to be giving to others, as you do now, you definitely have to be fulfilled from the inside, which is which is what you're you're talking about. Uh, so, and for me, that that really does start with health. I'm curious if if you were always uh, charismatic and ripped and uh, just just hanging out, having a good time, but always eating, seeming to eat well, and uh, just always being so so calm, cool, and collective, uh, as you are, what were, what were, what were those days like? I don't know, man. If you go back and like see me trying to do my first YouTube stuff, you'd be like, dude, this guy's problems. Like someone needs to bring him into like a therapist (laughs) because it's like, it's a conditioning, right? Like I really have conditioned myself to feel the way I feel and to be able to present myself the way I do. And, and it's hundred percent genuine because I've conditioned my psychology to live here. I mean, Back when I was in college, I weighed almost 250 pounds. Back when I was like playing football, I was like chewing tobacco all the time. Always had some some dip in my lip for people who know what that is. Nice, um, dude. I was a I was a dirty guy, and you know, living in that world of what a lot of college kids live in. But um, you know, slowly but surely, like I was like, okay, like I feel better when I like eat, you know, healthier foods, and when I eat the right portion size. I'm not overeating. I don't get fatigued when I'm eating more vegetables. And for me, it was like, you know, constant evolution of like, okay, the first thing I wanted to do was become aesthetic. Like I wanted to get my, I wanted to look good. And once I was able to accomplish that, it was like, all right, well, how do I just, all right, this is cool to like look good. But like really the only thing that matters is like what we're talking about right now. It's like how many experiences of happiness can you have? So then it became a matter of like, well, how can I feel really good? And then that's when I, started to really dive into the world of like, all right, well, let's drink more water. Let's get into meditation. Let's start doing yoga. Let's uh, start going, uh, you know, on like long walks every day to like be more mindful. Let's uh, do some psychedelics once in a while, you know? (laughs) And all these things kind of uh, have played into my mental, emotional, physical health. Okay, so I I appreciate where you say that you conditioned 
your own psychology because as definitely my, my listeners know that the outside world is always trying to condition your psychology. Everyone has their own interests in mind, whether that's the government, whether that's their, the school, your school, whether that's uh, adver advertisements or, or corporations or whomever, even you know your parents, most likely if you're listening to this, they wanted the best for you for sure, but most people's parents have their own egos in mind. They want their kids to be, you know, fit the mold or whatever society, and it's not their fault, but most people's parents want them to fit the mold um, so that they can be acceptable members of society and they learned from their parents who were just trying to fit in and they, you know, those people learned from what the government said that you need to do every day and what the, what the corporations and the advertisements said that you need to aspire to, et cetera, et cetera, right? So now that you're aware of that, how do you condition your own psychology? Yeah, man. So I literally have a uh, blueprint written out of like, you know, where I'm going. And then I have a blue, and then I have like a, a number of statements that say who I am. And then I just, I read that every single morning to condition my mind to be like, yo, dude, this is who you are. And then it makes it, it programs my subconscious as I go throughout the day to, to start to like actually act in alignment with these things, you know, do the habits or rituals, act a certain way, like be kinder, be more loving, like uh, really embody all these things. And there's a lot, actually a lot of research behind this showing, dude, there's been a ton of studies that show that when you pre-frame another person or yourself saying that you're a certain way, and then you go in and you put them in a situation where they, you know, have the opportunity to either act that way or not act that way, um, they're always, they're like exponentially more likely to embody the traits that you had them affirm that they are. So for example, like it'd be, they've done studies where they've gone up to someone and they've been like, Hey, like, would you consider yourself to be like a generous person? Right. And the person's like, Oh yeah, I am a generous person. Like, they're like, yeah, you seem like a generous person. 10 minutes later, someone comes up to like, Hey, do you want to buy a raffle ticket? And you're like, you know what? Like, yeah, I want to like help out this good cause. I'm a generous person. And then they, they donate. And that's like an example of how you can like, you know, manipulation and using, uh, this kind of stuff um, you know, for marketing or whatever, but like it works in your own psychology. If every day you wake up and you're like, this is who I am. And you read through it. Like you go throughout your day with this subconscious programming of like, yes, this is how I'm going to show up in the world. Absolutely. And every, I try to get so specific. And as I've said many times on the podcast, so aligned with everything that I think, everything that I say, and everything that I do, I want that to be entirely consistent. So if I wake up in the morning and I have a list of values, well then I want all of my thoughts and all of my uh, actions and all of the things that I say to align with those things so that I can be uh, through uh, that I can be true, that I can be pure through and through for what I actually mean. So, you know, now somebody listening is probably like, well, dude, how do you control all of your thoughts? Uh, or as someone said to me, isn't that a lot of work? Yeah, it's a shitload of work, right? But if you have, you know, you observe the thoughts that pop into your mind about like, oh, I'm such a fat ass today, right? Why can't I just get to the gym? Or I just feel so lazy. Well, I, I like to 
you know, that's, yeah, sure, I used to talk that way uh, about myself, right? And, and not just out loud, but those would be the thoughts that were coming to my head. But you have to literally, every time one of those thoughts popped up, pops up, you have to say, okay, let that go, stop yourself short, and then replace it with the new words because then you just start to literally train your brain not to talk that way anymore and then everything starts to be aligned. Then you, know, you talk about confidence. Well, then people know that you're not bullshitting them because if you say you're gonna do something, well, then you also uh, think that you can do something and you also then end up doing that but you actually do that thing, right? So that's when, when people talk about, you know, oh, I manifested this into my life, to, you know, depending on your thoughts on the, on the subject. I mean, this is, this is scientific stuff. This is how you're, you're programming this deep into your subconscious uh, by all of the things, that, all of the media that you take into your, into your head, et cetera, et cetera, all the thoughts about yourself. Um, so I, I love that you are, are cognitively conditioning your own psychology for sure and like um dude it's crazy like how powerful this tool is and maybe in the beginning like you you write out like okay this is the identity i want to step into and and you read it literally five times a day you set alarms on your phone to look at it like that's what i used to do like when i really started to make this transition like when i was probably about a year after i got in college got out of college I started doing this, like setting alarms, being like, oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Because if you're doing something that like is hard, like I was trying to start a business, like, you know, around every corner comes an opportunity to be like, I'm not good enough. And so you, you literally have to like set alarms and condition the psychology of like, yes, I am good enough. Yes, I am smart enough. Yes, I do have the discipline. Yes, like I can enjoy this process. And it, it's such a, such a powerful tool. And I've seen now like bringing this to all the clients that I work with. Like when things go well for my clients, they read this stuff every day. And then when they don't go out well, I'm like, oh, have you been like reading through your identity statements? They're like, well, no, you're right. I should probably do that. I'm like, yeah, you should probably do that. And like things get back in alignment again. But it's like you have to continually condition yourself because I don't know how old you are as a listener right now, but how many years have you spent just completely allowing thoughts to happen to you instead of conditioning them for you, right? That's, that's really cool. And identity statements. I, I want to get back to that. Um, abs absolutely. Well, actually, if, could you, if for someone listening who wants to have an identity, identity statement or who wants to write down their list of values and state them every morning and say, okay, everything that I should do during this day should be in conjunction with my values, all of the business decisions that I make, all the things that I put into my body, et cetera. What's, uh, could you give some people some actionable instruction for that? For sure. Um, so this is the first thing I always recommend people do is like just close your eyes and just imagine like what you, you know, the most amazing, ecstatic, just beautiful experience of life that you could have. And don't judge yourself and don't think this has to be something that's permanent because Mind changes all the time, and we all change because that's what we do. We're human beings. Like, we constantly evolve. So just think about, like, if I could, like, go through, like, a day in my life, like, let's say off in the future where everything is just going, like, exactly as I wanted to. Maybe, like, I have love. I have enough money to be taken care of. You know, I'm doing things that I like to do. My hobbies, like, spend, you know, align with the work I'm doing. All that good stuff. I'd say, like, 
get a clear picture of that in your mind and experience it with all your senses, your eyes, you know, smelling it, tasting it, feeling it. And once it's, you know, very uh, kinesthetic for you, you're like, yeah, I'm here, I'm experiencing it. So open your eyes and just free write. Journal for like five or ten minutes on like what that looks like and what that experience is. And once you have that, just ask yourself a question. It's super common sense. Who would I have to be to create this life? And really what it's going to take for just about every person is them stepping into the greatest, um, most courageous, loving, biggest version of themselves. So, you know, like if for me, I mean, I could, this might be a cool um, exercise. I could actually read you my, my blueprint right now. And then I could reverse engineer it and show you guys, you know, how my identity statement fits into this. Uh, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I love uh, visualization exercises and everybody talks about them, but not that many people actually do it. Yeah. So, yeah, every day, this is something that I read. So I went through, you know, like I explained to you guys, a little meditation, like, okay, you know, what, um, you know, what is the experience I want to have? And so I'm just going to read you guys, like, what I have. And so you can get an idea of, like, what you could write. So mine says, I'm helping millions of people and everything in my life feels like it's free. Now that those two needs of contribution and certainty have been completely satisfied and are locked in, I have intimate love and the love of good friends intertwined with a life of exploration. It's the most intense experiences of flow. These experiences have become a whirlwind cycle in my world, learning, loving, having novel experiences, teaching people what I learned, and then disengaging for reflection and recharging. This is a constant cycle of my life that is fueled by incredible energy, health, and enthusiasm. I personify the things that matter to me most, health, love, flow, and contribution. So I read this every day. I'm like, yeah, that's compelling to me. I want to live in that world. That's, uh, yeah, no, that, that's really cool. And um, do, you, do you say this so you're uh, laying down in bed or you do this in the mirror when you wake up or when, when and where do you do it? Can you, can you bring us to that point? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I do it right like when I wake up before I do work or anything else. Um, this actually aligns. I also have in this list a not to do list. And one of my things on the not to do list is do not start my day without first reading. I call it my superhero formula. And so, and to give you guys an idea of like, okay, I just said this like fluffy statement that like sounds cool. And, but then it's a a matter of like, I reverse engineer that into the identity that I walk around in now. And so that identity is like, and this is for me personally, understand that like yours is going to be completely different. Like fuck mine. Mine's like my experience and like you can have whatever you want. This is the fun of the game, right? So my identity is like, I maintain six to 8% body fat. I'm always aware that my self-esteem is based upon how I'm perceiving others perceiving me. I'll talk to you about in a second. It's really interesting uh, research done on this. Um, I'm always doing my best to create things that will make other people happier and healthier. I act like everything person matters no matter what. I systemize my life so I can spend more time in flow. I always think over big decisions thoroughly before agreeing to anything. I'm constantly in a state of curiosity where I'm looking to learn and grow. I always follow my flow. I care deeply for my family and good friends and make them feel appreciated. 90% of my time is spent um, taking care of my health completely. 10% of my time is spent shocking my system and achieving a new perspective. I believe I can do anything and that is fueled by my growth mindset. I always step up and do put myself in a position to be uncomfortable and use it as an opportunity to level up. I believe that everything is happening for my best interest 
and I bring this perspective into every circumstance I encounter, and I always open my heart in relationships with women. So those are like the identity statements I read for myself, and I'm like, okay, let me walk out the door, pull, you know, get in my Superman cape, and go like take on the day. That is really cool. I uh, I love it, and and um, you might have some more instruction for everybody, but then I want to ask you about this ten percent of the time where you actually shock your system. I'm uh, I'm into that idea. I'd I'd never heard that before. Definitely. Um, so that I mean, that's like the exercise, guys. Um, it's just like going through that visualization, journaling about you know what the what the life that you want to live is reverse engineering it by writing out the identity statements. And then don't start your day until you've read these out loud with like emotion and passion and you feel them through your body. And if you, if you read them at first and you're like, oh, I don't know how compelling this is, then you might be, uh, you might be designing this for something that someone else else told you that you should have. This should be all about you and your experience, not about your parents or teachers or spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. This is about like the exact experience that you want to have. Because you're not going to be in alignment. You're not going to act upon it unless it's truly what you want. And if you do act upon it, like it's not what you want. So why do it? Absolutely. And during visualization, if you are completely in the moment where you said you're feeling it, you're tasting it, you're sensing it, you are there. Yeah. Your brain is is actually – it's – it, your brain is actually doing the same thing as if you were really experiencing it, right? This is why, you know, professional golfers are going to see themselves, hit, you know, hitting that shot over and over again, and how they how they play the course every time. Or that Olympic athlete is going to have visualized uh, him or herself doing exactly what they set out to intend to do. And sure, you might not be able to work out that day, right? Or maybe you've already worked out, but then you can go through that again and train your brain. You know, you're, you're still training almost the muscle, the muscle memory, but you're not actually working out. I mean, this has been proven to be effective in sports for sure. Yeah, sports and in entrepreneurship, man. Like I, taught, I interviewed this guy yesterday on our show, uh, Jesse Itzler. And he has this best-selling book out right now called Living with the Seal. I mean, LeBron James is, the, like, the main quote on it. It's like wow. this guy, he, he owns uh, uh, part of the Atlanta Hawks, Zico, Coconut Water, all these other companies. And, you know, he was like, yo, man, I've been – he was, like, a famous MTV rapper in, like, the early 90s. And he's like, I've just been seeing it in my mind, like, forever. And for him, it's not, like, sit down and do, like, a traditional meditation. He's like – I'll go for a run and I'll just like feel like I'm there and I'll visualize and I'll everything I'm trying to create in my life. And so it doesn't have to be like, you know, monks sitting on a mountain. It could just be like, just like take some time to close your eyes and just go somewhere where you can really, you know, have this experience of like oneness in the moment that you're trying to create for yourself. Sure. And, and you want to, you want to talk about being there and, and feeling that you get your body involved and that's, you know, that's a whole, a whole different experience. Yeah. I, I appreciate how you said, yeah, you don't have to do a certain meditation. That's just one tool in your toolbox for 
being able to clear your mind and getting yourself there. But I do want to ask you, what do you do when, when you meditate, Brandon? Uh, I'm curious because everyone has a different technique and everybody wants to know, well, what's the, what's the most effective or what's, how do I, what's the minimum effective dose? How, how do I not have to sit here for hours? Um, how can I get my body and my, how can I clear my quote, right? Quote, unquote, clear my mind, uh, which is not what everybody tries to do. Yeah. Could you tell, tell us a little bit more about your meditation practice? Sure. So I do like to take myself someplace like physically a little bit exhausting before I do it. So I usually do my meditation after like I've worked out, maybe I've done some yoga and then I go into the steam room and I just take myself to a place where like, yo, I'm like completely exhausted in the steam and I just feel into, I just ask myself the question, what's it like to be me right now? And then I feel my body and like I feel any anxiety or anything that I don't want and I just feel into it all the way and I feel that, that emotion so, so fully that I'm able to move through it and on the other side, it's just like, clear, clear mind, good feelings, like, and then I can visualize whatever future I'm trying to create because I don't have all this like BS, like ego stuff playing anymore from what's going on in my day to day life. And so that's my process, man. I, I believe I have to move through that area where, where it's clouded at first. And sometimes it takes like two minutes. Sometimes it takes like 20 minutes. It just depends for me personally. This is going to be everyone's own experience. Like, you know, how long does it, does does it take you to feel into whatever emotions you're having to get to a place of feeling like clear and, and open and like kind of feeling like you're in that God space where you're, you know, you feel energy moving through, you feel like in flow, like you feel your heart feels opened up. Um, and, you know, for someone who doesn't meditate, it's going to sound like pure hippie nonsense, but it's just about feeling into whatever emotions that you have all the way and seeing them through. So like, if you feel bad, let yourself feel every bit of that emotion because your body is like, it's almost like a dog who goes through a traumatic event. You know how they do those little seizures, like get rid of that, like energy from their body. I believe we have to do something like very similar. Like when we go through trauma or like someone like hurts us, scars us emotionally in our day, maybe it's like someone on your team didn't do something they're supposed to do, whatever. Like you carry that scar around with you. So you got to feel into it. Let yourself have that experience of like, being sad, being in pain or whatever. Otherwise, it's going to follow you around as this, like, nagging, unconscious pain um, that, that doesn't, you know, that just, like, doesn't leave you. Um, so just, yeah, I let myself feel whatever emotions I need to feel, and then I can go about my day and, and be free. And that's when people snap, right, is when they don't release this stuff. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different uh, trauma release techniques, you know, mm-hmm. especially for people with uh, post-traumatic stress. And uh, there are different practices that you can do, right? Like Dave Asprey has his uh, full body plate vib- uh, vibration thing that people go on, or there, there's other stress release, um, like, uh, you know, different dances have been done where you just shake everything out of your body. I mean, there's a million different techniques for this, but for anybody who's listening who thinks like, oh, okay, these guys are two new age bros right now talking about feeling the, and opening their hearts and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, we didn't, 
we didn't know how to do this when we were little. So whatever we went through when we were younger, right, and and just younger than we are now, it doesn't even mean like something bad that happened when we were four years old. But that stuff gets pent up, and that stuff does come up during meditation. And you're like, all right, shit, okay, let me be cool with this right now because it's okay. And then, uh, yeah, lean into it and, and, and move past it. And for anybody who is uncomfortable closing their eyes and sitting in lotus position and blah, 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 right? This is just a practice. Again, just like I said, just like I said before, there's a million different ways to do it. But this is just a practice that you can then, again, practice when someone does piss you off at work and doesn't complete that project and drops the ball. Well, then you don't snap at them and you don't bury it and you say, okay, and you process, you're processing your emotions. But that's what you're doing when you're meditating is you're practicing for real life situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. And there's like this, there's also a mantra I wanted to share with the audience today that like I use for life. And like, um, I learned this mantra basically from the book, uh, what was it called? Zen and the art of happiness. And, uh, it's just that everything that happens to you is happening for your best interest. And if you can just like believe that, then like, you know, all this stuff we're talking about is like really, really helpful. But like, this, if you can just put your whole life under this umbrella, it just makes everything, you know, a lot less serious, <laughs> you know, like the person, you know, like, uh, you know, the appointment that you missed, like no longer is as dire as you thought it would be. You know, the, uh, the, the argument that you have with like the person you care about is no longer like, you know, as like dire because you, you just umbrella everything under, well, Everything that's happening is for my best interest. So let me figure this out. Like, how am I supposed to learn, grow, expand from this experience? Absolutely. And uh, Bill Bill Harris, who's a meditation teacher who developed this uh, meditation technology called Holosync, he was on the show a, a couple episodes ago anyway. He has something that I always take uh, from his audio program, and he just says... You need to learn to be okay with everything that happens. So whatever happens during your day, you just got to be okay with it. You only have one option, right? Like the, the, I guess the other option is to not be okay with it, and that sucks. So whatever it is, you know, your, your plasma TV falls off the wall mount and smashes, you just have to be okay with it. And as you said, believe that it's for your best interest. Maybe somebody was telling you something that, uh, that you, maybe you didn't need that television anymore. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and it's just like, it's a very empowering way to look at the world because I think a lot of people, when like bad things happen to them, they just don't know how They're like, why, wait, why me? Like, you know, if they're religious, they're like, well, why would God do this to me? Like, or, you know, why would the universe do this to me? And you just have to understand that, like, yo, know, man, who knows how things are going to play out? Like, how many times can you look back in your life and be like, oh, you remember that one time that, like, that girl broke up with me? And then, like, I was able to, like, go meet my future wife because of that? Like, you know, everyone has so many of these experiences where the things that they wanted so desperately in the moment didn't work out the way they wanted to. And they were like, why can't it just work for me? And you get in that place of, like, victim and desperation. And you look, like, two years later, you're like, oh, good thing that thing didn't work out because like what I have now is way better. 
Absolutely, and uh, I can't roll my eyes far enough back into my head when people say things like, uh, that's a little judgmental, by the way, what I'm just about to say, but when people say, uh, I can't believe God would do this to me, right? It's mm -hmm. like, why are you taking this thing like it's an external source, the, the G-O-D word, or why did, I, I forget God, right? Why did anybody do this to me? No, it's how you reacted to the situation, which is, which is important. Plus, you know, I'm not, I'm gonna leave alone the, the idea that we are completely part of this universe that's, you know, ever, ever present and we're part of that. So yes, we're all just the little particles part of the universe and you can call that the G-O-D word and we're just part of that and that's just what, uh, ha where our existence happens to lie. I'm gonna leave that concept alone, but what I am gonna yeah. say is, don't look at it like an external thing. Why did this happen to me? No, the only thing, and it doesn't matter, that's useless to even say. What you need to say is, okay, the only thing that I can control is what is, what is not what is happening to me, right? The only thing that I can control is my reaction to this in this moment. So if I do uh, convince myself and condition my psychology to say that this is okay and that this is happening in my best interest, then you're going to be a lot healthier and happier person. That's for damn sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of like suffering, especially in like Western society around like guilt, you know, around like guilt because of like that family put over you or guilt that you did something wrong or that you're not living the way you're supposed to or guilt that like you're not living up to like your religion. I mean, I guess just worldwide, there's like a lot of guilt that like makes people suffer. And, um, you know, the only way guilt even can be a thing is like when you're living in the past, because guilt is not like an experience it could be here. Like guilt is like, oh, that shit happened back then that I'm feeling bad about still. And so like, you know, like you just said, like if you can just like let go of that and, and come back to the present, then like all that just like disappears. And it's like this, this huge mountain of a story that has been created just tumbles. Exactly. And I like how you call it a mountain of a story because a lot of what our society has conditioned us to do is to be part of a, a church or religion who it's in their best interest to make you think in a certain way. And yeah, there's all this stuff about well, God's going to punish you or uh, you're going to go to hell and using all of this scare, these scare tactics. And that turns a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. for, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Some people just need to understand like, yo, man, you are God. You are everything. We're all, <laughs> we're all everything. <laughs> no, it, it, exactly. Exactly. Um, Brandon, do you want to talk a little bit about your 10% shock time that you use? Yeah, for sure, man. So, you know, I'm very diligent about like living the healthiest life possible. Like, you know, this is my temple. Hope to have it for at least like 100 or so years. We'll see with technology, maybe 300. I like it. Um, <laughs> but I do believe that, you know, um, you know, we should live life, you know, it, we should do everything in moderation, including moderation. And so even though like, you know, I'm eating all my whole foods and I'm eating really healthy and I'm drinking lots of water, I'm doing all these things right, like, it's probably like even a little bit more than 10%, like one time a week for like a small portion of time, I'll take myself to a place where I'm completely outside the realms of like what I know is like the, you know, my routine 
that allows me to like gain a new perspective in my world. So for me personally, like maybe I'll go take some LSD or some, some mushrooms and like, this doesn't happen on a weekly basis. So this is more like <laughs> maybe every few months, but if I'm not doing that, like maybe I'm just going to go to a park somewhere completely by myself and just like practice yoga for like a couple hours. It's just like, I guess it's like not necessarily always like the most unhealthy thing, but I'm completely disengaged from like my routine and my normal life. And sometimes like that may not be the healthiest thing. Sometimes I go out and like dance with my friends all night and like have a, you know, a couple more drinks than I should have. That's like really healthy for me. But, um, I just think it's really important to disengage from like the routine because that's when like all the aha moments and the perspective, new perspective comes, especially when you get back to the routine, you're like, Oh, like I went on my little adventure and I learned something and I'm coming back with this, this new wisdom to bring to my life versus like just being in the trenches day after day after day after day. And yeah, sure. Maybe like you're going to live like, um, you know, really long time, but like you may not have the, the most pleasure filled experience in life for one. And for two, like you, you're going to end up losing a lot of perspective of like, what it is you're trying to create, why you care about it, because you don't have it, you don't have anything to compare to. Okay, so the first time that you mentioned psychedelics, we kind of breezed over it, but but this time I would like to hear a little bit more because it's not something we cover we've covered too much on the podcast. We've had a a few people. Uh, Jamie Zeller is an episode that talked about ayahuasca. Uh, Daniel Di Piazza from Rich Twenty Something dropped it at the end of one of his. Uh, uh, interviews podcasts but yeah i'd love to hear what that brings you and uh, especially when you're talking about in the realm of creativity i mean steve jobs uh, attributed his lsd use to uh, a huge part of his success so i'm i'm curious uh, how someone well i know what you might say but uh, for <laughs> for the listener who has never heard of this concept before how can a health zen dude be uh, be talking about psychedelics right now yeah for sure man i think um if we use it as a tool to like bring us into a new state of like being and like we're not using it as a band-aid or as like something to like um fix you necessarily like i i use it as like a tool to take me to a new place of perception to see the world in a different way and every time like uh, i do as some kind of psychedelic i remember oh shit, I'm just a swirling ball of atoms and so is this like chair and so is this other dude and so are my shoes, so are my clothes, so is like the sun. Like I am, like there's no stop to, there's no like difference between where like I stop and other or something else begins. You know, there is no line. It's only, the, the line is only drawn through my perception of 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 the world, like what I can see through my eyes, like our eyes, our ears, you know, all of our senses can only perceive a very, very like minuscule, um, part of the world. You know, there's like so much more going on that we can't comprehend, like, because we like, it's just, we only have a limited amount of perception through like the senses that we've been given as human beings. And we already know this because you can look at, you know, some animals who have like super you know superhuman not superhuman but like dogs who have like incredible like hearing or or, sm or sorry smelling or just like other animals that have like incredible eyesight we know that there's like a stretch in regards to like 
what we're experiencing and what's possible. And so for me, whenever like I take one of these psychedelics, I'm, I get in this creative space of like, shit, I am just everything else out here. And that's, you know, every other person is me. So when I come out of that experience, I feel way more connected to everything and everyone. I feel more of a social responsibility to like uh, treat other people better. I feel more of a responsibility to take care of this earth I'm on and to love myself knowing that I am like everything because there's no stop or end to like me and everything else. And, you know, that kind of wisdom just like, oh, shit, like I'm actually special. But like, yeah, so is everything, though. And so me, I use I use it as a tool to like remind me. And like every time like I take mushrooms, I haven't taken, you know, I haven't done like that many psychedelics. I'm not that dude who's like doing it every weekend. I've done, you know, psychedelics probably like uh, six or seven times. And every time that I've done it, it's just a reminder. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like. That's right. Like I, I'm connected to everything. Like this is what's real. Like love is the only thing that really, really matters. To, like this, this human experience, and that's something that we forget. We get so hung up on like our problems and day to day issues that we forget like what actually matters. So it's it's a great tool to remind me as well. Sure, and, and I like how you say that this is a tool, and uh, people are using this in a, in a medicinal setting, in a ceremonial setting, in a, in a connected setting, and not just popping this and, you know, going to a rave or, or whatever people do when they, when they take, um, you know, drop acid or, or whatever. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can get out of this experience as you just recapped, and there's a lot of scientific research going on right now People can check out the organization called MAPS, uh, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Something Rather. Uh, the S might not stand for something rather. Get back to me on that one. But um, I mean, these are guys out of Harvard who are treating uh, post-traumatic stress and lots of uh, alcoholism is a, is a huge one. Uh, mm-hmm. They say that after after you take psychedelics, well, you don't want to drink because you see that it's, you know, alcohol is just such a depressant for your body and uh, that you are become so conscious after however long this takes, however many uh, sessions or however many, however much medicine or, or number of treatments that you can't physically continue to poison your body uh, with alcohol because you become conscious, sub, so conscious that you can't put a cigarette in your mouth because you're like, all right, I am truly feeling what I'm doing to my body right now. I I just can't do this anymore. So there's a lot, if anybody's interested, check out maps um, for for psychedelics. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can read out there on the internet and and try to do it from from places that are talking from, with with the science that backs it because the information is out there. So uh, these things are be which these things have have popped up. You know, like an MDMA or or an LSD popped up as medicines to begin with. And yeah, I guess they might have got a little out of hand in the '70s, but uh, you know, it's it has become a trend for people to really start to look at these things medicinally again. Yeah, it's cool because it just reminds you like you can't when you take any of these things, like, you can't escape, like, what's real, like, you know, it's just, like, some, some kind of, there's something that really grounds you in that experience that says, like, you know, dude, like, you know that's not good for you, and, like, usually we're really good is, like, 
you know, modern day humans to avoid the things that we do that are like detrimental to us. But these things, like they put it face to face, like, yo man, you smoke cigs every day. And like, you know, this is just rotting your body from the inside out. Like there's no escaping. And that's why people are able to transcend it. Cause they're like, shit, like I can't avoid this. This is face to face. This is a reality and it sticks with them. And yeah, it's a cool thing. Have you received specific messages like that during your psychedelic experiences? Um, nothing like incredibly profound. Um, I did ayahuasca here in Colombia. I've only done it one time. And a big message is just like to remember how important it is to just like really take care of the relationships with my family. And like that was my biggest takeaway. I was like, yo, you need to like really make them feel appreciated and loved. And, um, yeah. And like that stuck with me. Like there is specific rituals that I've put into my life to like make them feel cared for and loved that weren't in my life before that experience. And like, that was the main thing I got out of it. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's really solid. And I think everybody listening right now can take the time. And if it's been a little too long since you last called your parents, which, which it has been about a week for me, uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta make that happen, and especially if you are uh, if you're a little bit of a nomad, or you've been traveling a lot, or you've just been working so much, etc. Uh, take the time to to call the people who who you care about and and tell them uh, tell them that you do, Brandon. Uh, before we we start to wrap up, um, I I would love to ask you about if you could set the scene for after you wake up, you do your your short meditation. And you go through your your blueprint and read your identity statements, and you put on your Superman cape. What is life like for a digital nomad in Medellin? Can you take us through a day in the life? Sure, man. My day during the week is is like pretty routine until I get to the weekend. So like Monday through Friday, um, you know, I get up whatever time I get up. I usually try not to set an alarm. Um, and that's usually around like, you know, I actually depends. It's between like 7am and 10am really depends on the day. And then I, uh, you know, do my, do my stuff. And then I fast in the morning. So I don't eat until later in the day. So I go straight to a local coffee shop. There's tons of awesome cafes here, sit down, um, do a few hours of work, then go hit the gym. I'm either lifting or doing jump rope and yoga. Those are kind of like the two days that I go back and forth with. Um, and it's pretty much every day that I move my body. Um, maybe I'll take one day off a week, um, just to, to chill a little bit. But, uh, yeah, after I finish that up, I go and like go to the local juice smoothie spot, get myself a, a delicious smoothie with protein in it. Um, and then go maybe record some videos for our YouTube channel, record podcasts, whatever stuff like I'm doing right now. And then, uh, into the evening, uh, you know, maybe, do a little, take, you know, go through emails again, do a little more work, wind down. I've, you know, live with two of my best friends here. So we'll chill. Maybe we'll go out to like have a big dinner. That's where I get like most of my food in is like for the, that dinner meal. And, you know, we'll go out with some friends, have some dinner, wind down, um, put it on repeat. And then the weekend comes and I usually do something that's a little farther out there. Like last weekend, I went to a music festival here, um, go out dancing quite a bit. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm living like a, a pretty standard life. It's just down here in Colombia. Pretty standard, but pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, you wake up yeah. every day and, and you do 
whatever the hell you want. You're creating content for people that is is really valuable, and uh, you're experiencing a new culture. You're you're going out. You have connection with with awesome people. You're keeping yourself fit. Uh, you're doing it, man. I'm uh, I'm proud of you. I'm I'm pumped to have friends like yourself. Yeah, man. I mean, and none of this stuff happens on accident. Just like you and your life, Matt. It's like I think we both said like, well. Like, what is the most fun experience? Like, some people might see our routine and be like, yo, I don't want that. But it's like, this is what we wanted to do. And so we go, like, we spent a lot of time and energy and intention on creating what we wanted. And and that's, like, the beauty in life. You know, you get to do what you want to do if, if you really are real with yourself. A hundred percent. Brandon, Zen Dude Fitness, uh, can you tell us, can you leave the listener with just... Just one big, fat, juicy piece of advice if they want to live a more sustainably happy life, what they can go out there and do? Yeah, I'm going to come back to my mantra, man. Like, I think I, I said something completely different last time I was on your show, but just write on your ceiling, write it on your phone, write it everywhere that everything's happening for your best interest. And, and just know that to be true. And that's going to allow you to live such a such a more seamless and flowing life of joy. That, uh, that is, that's some amazing advice. If anybody wants to keep in touch with you, see your videos, read your blog, where can they get in touch with you, Brandon? They can go to uh, zendudefitness.com. It's where I hang out. Or you can shoot me a personal email at brandon at zendudefitness.com. I always love hearing from people who, tune into you know these kind of conversations and and share what kind of impact it had on your life awesome man that sounds good well i'm i'm sad that we're not going to be able to meet up in uh in colombia but if you decide hey i want to hop over to cartagena <laughs> or i say all right I, i've seen enough of this place i'm gonna i'm gonna come look you up in medellin dude you know everything's happened for our best interest so whatever happens can be the best thing possible of course i love it man that uh that sounds awesome Hey, did you like today's episode? If you did, log on to iTunes and leave us a review. It would really help us out. We try to put out good, free content all of the time. Check out the show notes on under30co.com. Send the podcast to a friend who could use some of the advice. And, of course, if you want to travel with us, check out under30experiences.com and 50% off Athletic Greens on the show notes. Thanks for listening.